Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What's the current state of pop ghost hunting? Is there a growing interest in finding connections between various kinds of paranormal phenomena that we might have thought were unrelated? And what is legend tripping? Hello, and welcome to the 337th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those various questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So we have a real rarity this evening, everybody. We have an in-studio guest, uh, but that's only happened, what, like three times in the past? The whole and it was five years have been on the air. Yeah, yeah I know, so... Congratulations. Well, a couple here. lonely old ladies, you know, we can't we love it when somebody visits. Oh, yes, exactly. We'll start knitting in a few seconds. So, um, last week's question was, in, or to get to our weekly paranormal contest, last week's question was, in what year did Brazilian troops observe and catalog UFO sightings near that country's western border with Bolivia? That was 1977. People in a little village near the Bolivian border reported UFOs buzzing their village. The troops spent some time there and supposedly got an eyeful. Shira Krakowski of Canton, Ohio, got that one right and wins the Encyclopedia of Angels by last week's guest, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Shira listens to us on WDSY Radio in Pittsburgh. All right, so for this week's question, in Jewish folklore, what is the name for a humanoid being made from inanimate matter? So nail that and win a copy of... The Ghost Files, Paranormal Encounters, Discussion, and Research from the Vaults of GhostVillage.com by this evening's guest. And before we introduce uh, that uh, august personage, we wanted to give you our phone numbers tonight. Call us locally or from anywhere at 401-766-1240 or from anywhere in the U.S. at 800-449-1240. If nobody answers that question during the show and you'd still like to give it a shot, drop us an email during the week at paul at behindtheparanormal.com or ben at behindtheparanormal.com. Our guest, Jeff Belanger, founded ghostvillage.com in October of 1999. He has been writing for publication since 1992 and has worked as a magazine editor, journalist, freelance writer, and has authored numerous books on the paranormal, a lot more than I have, I might say. His books have been published in six different languages so far. He's lectured around the United States to audiences big and small, and he's become a media personality, appearing on over 100 radio and television programs worldwide, including the History Channel, Travel Channel, Living TV in the UK, The Maurice Show, CBS News Early Show, National Public Radio, BBC, Australian Radio Network, Coast to Coast AM, and the X-Zone. You can visit his personal website at www.jeffbelanger.com. That's Jeff with a J. And, of course, ghostvillage.com. Jeff currently haunts our own neighborhood here and uh, does not live very far from the station, somewhere somewhere in Massachusetts. I like uh, your pun. It's very nice. Well, sorry about that. The unintentional ones are the worst. You're welcome. All right, so Jeff Belanger, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Guys, it's great to be here with you. You are much better looking in person than you are through the telephone. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that I'll grant you. <laughs> All right, it's been, it, it must be... Four years since you were on the show. We were, we were still in, in Phoenix, and I think it was still all internet at that point. Um, uh, no, he was he was on relative, uh, a few years bef- like an a, a, like a year after that when we started. You know, here. I do 16, I do recall that because you're like, hey, you only live like 30 miles away from us. Why aren't you here with us? Yeah, well, anyway, anyway, well, let's go. I'm glad Ouch. he's here tonight. Yeah. Um, before we can begin talking about the ghostly with Jeff, though, I, I don't want to you know get into another subject, but we can't fail to report on the alleged 
UFO crash in Litchfield, Connecticut. Did you hear about that? I have not. Do tell. Okay. This is last Tuesday, April 10th. That's the vicinity of the case uh, where we often that we often talk about on the show. Uh, ben and I were called in on this case in 05 uh, because the homeowner had read Footsteps in the Attic and said that this multiverse idea was the only thing that came close to explaining all the goofy stuff that was going on in her house. So it, um, it started with ghosts and time slips, and by 09 we were dealing with what appeared to be alien greys in the house, UFOs and black helicopters flying overhead, and armed troops apparently guarding what Ben thought were portal areas nearby, and I tended to agree with him. Uh, the case continues to this day. As a matter of fact, we plan to hold a town hall meeting in that area as soon as we can organize it. So on Tuesday, here's what happened. Two people, one a Connecticut State Trooper, reported a green glowing object in the sky that fell into or near Bantam Lake in Litchfield, which is odd because I used to fish in Bantam Lake as a kid from Connecticut originally. And as our good friend and uh, researcher uh, Larry Lowe pointed out, what burns green? Copper, right? Yeah. So uh, that probably equals meteor. Size of a whale, one of the uh, witnesses said the thing was. Well, if the thing was the size of a whale... Re-empty- yeah, wouldn't that, if that was a meteor, that would cause a lot of damage. It would be a whole, large hole in the middle of Litchfield, Connecticut at this point. Or maybe larger than that. Unless it was a controlled landing. But, I mean, this just sounds like meteor to me. But, you know, a lot of people, a lot of our contacts are looking into this. And uh, there was uh, also on the same day, I think it was in Siberia, uh, there was also a report of a, of a crash... Um, not into a lake, though, so they're looking for that. But who knows? I mean, these things land all the time. You know, when you see, have you ever seen a fireball? Uh, you mean like meteor, like astrological event kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, astronomical. Sorry. Astro- astronomical. Yeah. Sorry, forgive yeah. me. Well, totally different. Normal. Totally different, yeah. Uh, no, I've seen I've seen meteorites and, and yeah. you know things like that, but no, not a fireball. Well, well I've been lucky enough to see them twice. Okay. One was right down here in Menden Road in Cumberland, of all places, in, in Rhode Island. And uh, I, I actually got out of the car, and you could see it way up, and it was greenish. And there, there were like it was sparks flying off, which in fact were were uh, <laughs> chunks of of, of the, the meteor, the, of the metal. And uh, Ben, you're blinding me here. <laughs> just, for right. those who can't see, the uh, the window yeah. shade just mysteriously well, went up. Unfortunately, we're on. Uh, ben touched it, and uh, if anybody's listening on a computer, we're on uh, <laughs> OLED yeah, TV no, here. With the, you're getting well, beamed into the, with a CBS for. I blame the weather. You're getting beamed into the mothership there for a second. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. right. Get rid of me once. Close encounters of the third kind. So in any case, I have seen one of those, and it is uh, it does kind of match this, this description. But those fireballs don't often enter the atmosphere; they very often will skip off. Yeah, this sort of thing. So this sounds like meteor to me, but we are looking into it, and I just wanted to mention that uh, one of the people, several of the people we're working with on this case did report it um, to us and, and thought may- maybe it's connected with some of the, the bizarre circus-like goings on in that area. Sure. So, okay, uh, there we are. So, I don't do, so you kind of wouldn't see that as anything more than meteor either, huh? Well, you know, I, I don't know enough about it. I, I yeah, mean, but I know you're not a UFO expert. No, no, questions. but it's it's so interesting. That, that area of Connecticut, I lived in Connecticut years ago, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I can tell you that, that of course, uh, Dudley Town's up that way. Oh, uh, yeah, the whole place is, is uh, yeah. hot, as you might say. Yeah, New England, well, you know, you guys know, New England is uh, such an interesting place for legends because mm-hmm. we hold on to them, we share them with each other. We, we It's the past that, that comes alive again mm-hmm. and again, um, and, and these places become hotspots. Why Litchfield? Why that corner of Connecticut? Yeah. Why the Bridgewater Triangle? Why mm-hmm. you know the Bennington Triangle? Yeah. The, the places that come up again and again that get, seem to get more than their share of well, strange Well, what's even phenomena. more interesting is there's authorities of some kind, yeah. I don't always assume it's the government, right. uh, are interested in it. I guess there were armed troops in this area turning people away from a certain abandoned farm where something was going on, and there was—I mean, it, 
right out of uh, some kind of a movie. So yeah. anyway, Ben, uh, again, our number, 800-449-1240. Ben, take it away. All right, so now let's get to our guest after that fun little sidebar. Uh, so, Jeff, is it wishful thinking on our part, or um, did we detect that you are a little disillusioned uh, with what's going on with the feral ghost hunters these days, as we like to call them? Uh, I don't know about that. I, I think that, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I've kind of seen waves of people that come into it, and mm. uh, I've certainly been repeating conversations that I thought we were done with years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, they seem to come up again, like orbs. You know, orbs were this big thing, and then they went away, and now they're making a comeback for some strange reason, and, and we're having all the, the same discussions. Uh, I, I think the discussion is so interesting. And and like always, right, there's people that come into it for whatever weird reason. You know, they, they want to, it's a social thing, they just want to hang out with others, they watch the TV shows and they want to emulate what they see on television. Mm. But there's always that minority that really might get into it for those weird reasons, but then finds something and gets, you know, starts getting serious about it. And and that's that's always been the way. I mean, I'm sure there were people that started when you started and dropped out for whatever reason. Not a heck of a lot. It wasn't really taken seriously in the well, yeah, early right, 70s, sure. you know. No, um, I, under- I understand. But I mean, I can think of people that in the... The seminary late- dropped me because of it. To get the right because yeah. you're into the weird stuff. Well, yeah, well, I was hanging out with little Lorraine too. So. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I was I was thrown out a year before ordination, 1977, early 77, because they didn't like my paranormal work. They didn't even want to talk to me because of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, no, well, no, it wasn't because it was me mainly. Well, sure, you know, of course. Uh, but uh, no, I just uh, it was um, unfortunate. I had to turn out. Fortunately, I ended up in journalism and had a. Have uh, just by dumb luck or design had a good career here in Rhode Island in that, but uh, well, you know, just it wasn't it wasn't popular then. I mean, you, people would look at you, although there, people would always be interested in talking about it. Sure, you know, as I remember as a kid, uh, we had a lot of visitors at, at at my house, especially after church. People would come over and just hang out with my mother because my father had died very young, and it was very interesting because they talk about routine stuff going on in the town, East Hartford, Connecticut, and this sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, somebody would say, oh, did you hear the strange thing that happened to so-and-so? Total silence. Everybody w- w- would hang on every word of the story of, the, of some weird guy who'd seen a ghost or something. didn't come up very often. Right. But every once in a while, it would. So people have always been fascinated by this. So it was a natural outcome of it to have this explosion of interest, I suppose. And that goes back centuries. And it's so interesting that the, the seminary would, would have, um, have trouble with this, with you in particular, because... I've always thought of ghosts as kind of like the least common denominator of spirituality. You know, you can talk about the afterlife and, and strip out all those dogmas of religion, right? We're, we're not. If, if, if you walked into a crowded room and said, "I want to tell you about my religion," everybody would squirm. Mm. But if you said, "Hey, let's talk about ghost stories," well, what you're really talking about is death and what comes after it. And so you get to strip all that stuff away. And I think it's a, I think it's an amazing way to to explore spirituality. I I got into mm. this because I had those same questions. Mm-hmm. I, I almost became an atheist in college, and uh, I never quite crossed over because I, I, I believe... Never quite crossed over, I like that. Never, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, there they are. So I never, <laughs> I never got to that point because I said, there must be a God uh, who created all this, and I believed in ghosts. And I said, well, if there's a ghost, then that means maybe we have an afterlife situation. And I've been exploring my spirituality through this ever since. Oh, good. Yeah. It's led me through uh, to amazing places. It's led me to meet incredible people uh, who express themselves in different ways. Um, my Roman Catholic roots come up again and again. Um, Protestant people, everything in between. It's it's so fascinating to me uh, 
how we all deal with this, right? It, it's a part of us. And, and, and it is. That, that's well put. It, it is very much a part of us. It right. was part of our remote ancestors, and they knew all this stuff. And I was coming from a philosophical standpoint. Today, we're the philosophical freaks of human history. Right. We're the ones who don't believe, we have, you know, have to have everything proven to us. You don't believe in God, oh, well, I don't know this, or, or the paranormal, or whatever, you, whatever puny terms you want to put on this, on this mighty reality. Sure. You know, we just, we're the ones who, nobody else seemed, well, not nobody else, but a lot of people never had a problem with that before. And so we're like, we're like back in kindergarten again. And it is, I guess, the first day of school. Well, and that's okay. What I think is so important, you know, Ben asked about the, um, you know, the state of the paranormal community today. You know, there's always people coming to the table with questions, and, and there always have been. And so, yeah, we're going to get frustrated from time to time, but I think if we can keep that discussion going, which is kind of the role I've always seen. I, you know, even when I started Ghost Village, the mission statements never changed. It was... I want to explore every avenue of the skeptical, the debunking, the religious, the spiritual, the, the scientific, everything, you know, because I don't, I don't know. Mm. I have no idea how this all works. I just know that all these people can't be lying, and I've had my own experiences that I can't explain in any other way but to say, that's a ghost. My, my, my mind lacks any explanation for a few instances in my life except to call it a ghost. That is the classic explanation for people becoming interested in this subject. My my problem, personally, perhaps, was I had this many, many years of formal theological education and, and education in philosophy and a lot of work in... Because I, I, I went to three seminaries. The third one, they were very different. The second one was rather supportive of this. They set up special courses, and I went out to the local state hospital, you know, part of pastoral training as well. But they realized that, you know, I, I was working with... One of the with several major exorcists at the time, one was Father John Nicola, and also with uh, one of the people locally who was the diocesan guy on this. And we went out and we would specifically uh, assist doctors who were convinced there was no other explanation for someone's particular state in in, in this hospital than that they were possessed. Hmm. And believe it, and, and because obviously very very hush. I mean, there are reasons why some of these things are not discussed. You know, so. Uh, so, so, so that's where I was coming from. So I, I perhaps came in from uh, more of a negative point of view. I had no doubts about "quote unquote" afterlife or any of this stuff. Uh, but I find that with all those those people I studied with and all the stuff I did all those years, I believe very little of that now. Oh, really? You know? So you've kind of, do you think you've reasoned it away, or do you? Think no, no, no. Just the opposite. I think that I, 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 they perhaps reasoned it into a corner that fit the theological mold. Whereas the realities are real, uh, the interpretation, at least on my part, is maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. And so, uh, and I began running into cases that, um, you, I don't know, I flatter myself that you've ever read anything I've written, but uh, I've, I've uh, run into cases where you just, the old explanations just weren't good. Death wasn't good enough in explanation. Right. You know, the whole idea of a, the spirit world was not good enough. Uh, you can see where people would would come to the conclusion that's what it is because you know what else could it be? We live in a, uh, a three dimensional, you could argue four dimensional world. Sure. We have five senses. If you can't feel it, touch it, taste it, or see it, or, or, or hear it, then it's not real. So therefore, this has got to be some spirit thing. But again, the cases I ran into it just from day one didn't add up in that point. So hence, when I discovered. Physics and stuff in the 70s, I kind of latched onto this quantum mechanic. It wasn't my idea, but I think I, I right. might claim credit for being probably one of the first guys in the field 
to apply these theories to that. And that's kind of I've kind of stuck with it ever since because it, it, at least for me it works. And I get frustrated with the the what I call the pop paranormal community because, mm-hmm. as you say, there are you know a certain percentage who are the salt of the earth. You know, sure. they are sincere researchers, sincere seekers after truth. You know, not curiosity seekers. And I can't help but respect that. But I get frustrated when they come in and and they they just through no fault of their own have had no academic discipline uh, in their in their training or in in their activities, and they're all working on the same thing, and nobody talks to each other. Right. That can be frustrating. And then when they do talk to each other, as some people point out, well, they don't understand, or, or they're, 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 you know, yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. Pe- people criticize us for being so critical of that community, and um, we don't consider ourselves part of it because you know we're, we consider ourselves cosmic sojourners more than anything <laughs> else. And but again, it's ter- but I don't know. You can see why I get frustrated, but I don't mean to be unfair to those no. who are sincere seekers after truth. But but I mean, wouldn't you agree that at some point? in our lives maybe you know you went the path of seminary so you but but at some point we were all thrill seeking and uh I, I was i still am i didn't need to thrill seek i had played yeah with, but i mean i yeah, I, admit, I hear you I as hear a, you. as a kid i remember hearing a, you know alleged the white lady of easton yeah. you know in in um oh, I hear you, Jeff, yeah. and i remember thinking oh my right over there really i yeah. i live close enough i could go there or the dover demon that was right around the, around the corner the dover demon well you know what it started it was eighth grade i don't know if you remember those those well you're probably not old enough they used to have the <laughs> Scholastic. Yeah, here I go with the age. The Scholastic Publishing Company would would yeah. sell to, to kids in school. And I bought this book called um, Strangely Enough. And it was in seventh or eighth grade, and it was one of the early things. You know, yeah, they wasn't well researched. You know, just stories and legends somebody was repeating. Sure. And I was hooked. Yeah. You know? And then as time went by, and I began, to, and then you're right. You know, the, the religious veneer that surrounds a lot. Of, I mean, it, the paranormal demands. Some sort of spiritual response, sure, and explain, and, and so yeah, that 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 really, uh, you're right. It did kind of. I don't think you can look at when you're when speaking of ghostly realm. I don't think you can have that discussion without a spiritual one, a philosophical yeah, one. Yeah, and yeah. so while I appreciate, what does it mean? You know? Yeah, no, I appreciate people yeah. that are trying to apply science to it and, and, mm-hmm. and do various experiments. That's all very interesting. It's mm-hmm. not the path I go down. And, and let me say straight out, I'm no representative of the paranormal community. I don't, I mean, sure, I well, know lots of... Well, we consider you kind of a ma- major dude. Well... Big cheese there. Thanks, the I guess. Internet but, realm, anyway. So. Well, no, I, but but I mean, that site has always just been a place for people to come together. Yeah. And, and, um, I, yeah I've, I've always I've, enjoyed it. I'm frustrated sometimes. Angry at times. But, but that's good. I've always, yeah. That's good. I'm, well, I mean, we'll get into that in a second half hours you're not getting out of your sky no that's fine that's good i would hate to to have a place where just it's just only where everyone agrees that would be boring that's right that would be terrible that Mm. would be you know like 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 we're seeing so much media today that just uh focuses on one viewpoint and and suddenly you know um you don't get any information that challenges your your way of thinking at all and that's that's a danger in the world we live in because we live in such a you know, the Internet's an amazing thing. However, it allows us to become our own editor-in-chief, where I can yeah, say, yeah. you know, I only like one sports team, and so I get news feeds that only relate to that sports mm-hmm. team, and I only subscribe to one uh, political view and one religious view. And so you can create content that's only what you agree with, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of sad. You're never yeah. going to shake it up or... or, or Think a little differently, or at least yeah. consider the other side. Well, that's true journalism, you know. I mean, well, just, sure, and, you know, I mean, having worked at the Providence Journal myself for years, I mean, I'd run into the most narrow-minded. Not not all. There are plenty of great people down there, sure. but, you know, that, and a lot of them are still there. 
you know, they have one point of view, and they, they went to college, and you didn't, so I know more than you do, and, you know, right. you're a dope, and, you know, that, that that really down deep sometimes is the attitude, and the same thing can happen in the paranormal community. Sure. So, and then you don't learn anything that way. I mean, if you don't talk to people who disagree with you, you don't learn anything new, and you don't think about, well, I never thought about it that way, or it's like, oh, well, that's interesting, I should probably try that. Yeah, thinking like put yourself in someone else's shoes, so to speak. It, and it's 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 very interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've always kind of viewed myself as, as an observer, and uh, and that's again started as a journalist. You know, mm-hmm. who, what, when, where, why. Try to get both sides of the issue, you know, and, and yep. see where it shakes out. And uh, over time, just observing the community, it is interesting. The the, the TV shows play a huge role, and I, I know you rolled your eyes before, and um, but well, I'll tell but, you why after the. Okay. Break. <laughs> no problem. Uh, and that's that's fine. I understand. And and having been on organized ghost hunts with people that pay to go to events, mm-hmm. I see the frustration. It's been seven minutes. No ghost has popped out yet. And yeah. you say, yeah, the real well, so world. It goes a lot deeper than that, at least in, in our family. And it was, we've, okay, thank And we've been... Uh, not very often. We, we usually we like to work alone. We don't like to work with you know, hordes of people coming sure. in. And there was one girl, and wonderful people, just great. Uh, I think they're out of the Boston area, and we went with them once to uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know you're particular about. house, and th- I was scandalized because they were far more interested in the readings on some silly meter than they were on, on <laughs> the, the poor suffering woman who was yeah, who was uh, whose problems were probably the root of what was going on, and I, I, I it was awful. I just you know I didn't want to say anything. But because um, I have a lot on the air, but I just, the, mm. it's just when people said it's probably just as well because if had they set themselves up to counsel this person, they might have made a pig's breakfast out of the whole thing. Here's the thing about that, and and the equipment to me is is interesting. However, legend tripping the the yeah we're gonna get into that and, yeah. and we will like the whole point was there's a million things that'll set off an EMF meter. We mm. live on a giant magnet called Earth. Exactly. Uh, but there's not a million things that make an apparition form in front of you, right? And uh, that's that's entirely more limited. And and also with dealing with family cases, most of us, the overwhelming majority, aren't qualified. Uh, no, we're not psychologists. Mm. We're not um, counselors. And and some people, you know, I, I've seen many times where, uh, and, and that's why a big reason I don't get involved really with family cases is that you know you realize. There are demons there. There's alcoholism, drug abuse, violence issues. Uh, and people want you to come in and say, okay, there's ghosts here, and I'm going to get rid of them, and now you're no longer going to be an alcoholic, you're no longer going to be a drug abuser, you're no longer going to have these violence issues. I, I tell people, I could get the Pope to move in for a week. Not mm-hmm. that I, c- I couldn't really, but, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have those well, kinds of connections. Brush up on your German. So, uh, yeah. so the Pope comes here for a week and douses the place in holy water, and you feel like, okay, the demons are gone. You're still going to be the alcoholic. You're still going to have these other issues that have yeah. to be dealt with. Mm, and yeah. so they're so complex, uh, these cases. And that's why I always encourage groups, please, oh, please, um, find a psychologist to go with you, um, someone qualified to deal with people that are, that are going through stressful situations. And I, I tell families, and this is why a lot of them turn me away, if you're really dealing with something you feel is dangerous, let's call, let's, let's see the doctor check medication and all that stuff. Let's see a psychologist, make sure we're dealing with that. Let's deal with your spiritual spirituality if you if you're subscribed to a belief system. Let's go at it from all angles. Because that's what I would do, you know, if mm-hmm. I felt like I've got a problem. I want to go at it from every single angle. If I'm on the wrong medicine, get me off it. Yeah. If, if I'm living under power lines and it's making me hallucinate, mm-hmm. i got to move. You know, whatever. Let's figure yeah. it out. Yeah, ultimately it comes down to the people in the case. I mean, they are the be-all, end-all of any of the paranormal phenomena as we see it. Of yeah, course. exactly. The witness, yeah. The witness is everything. 
Well, they also maybe the car, you know, the root cause. You know, it's 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 a holistic sure. it's a holistic process. Mm. So. so anyway, what, can we? Why don't we take a break now and then we will um, beat me up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> we tie love the, you. Tie to the wall and just. All right. All right. Hey everybody, this is the Moose Man. Check out the Groove Line for the best blues, rock, funk, classic 50s, and the Beatles every single week. Tune in Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. That's the Groove Line right here on Owen. Owen Radio! Owen Worldwide! And we are, of course, brought to you by Amazon Kindle, and we wanted to seeing the praises of this marvelous e-reader device and certainly the Amazon Kindle Fire came out last November one of the biggest Christmas presents of 2011 and of course Mother's Day is coming near and I know I tried to teach uh, my mom Ben's grandmother how to use a microwave for 40 years and it didn't work but uh, whether she would have enjoyed a Kindle I don't know but I, I think that your grandmother might your mother might and certainly check it out at Staples and uh, of course Amazon.com you can get over a million publications, apps, movies, all sorts of down books uh, from these things, including for my books. And I always drag the poor guest into this. You're, I'm sure that you're, you've written a dozen books at least, and, and they, they must be on Amazon Kindle. Right? Yeah, there's there's a bunch that are on Kindle. And, Excellent. Uh, so check it, yeah. Jeff Belanger and, and me. And uh, what else can I say? It's a Do you have any device. reader? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the sponsor's going to drop us now. I'm going to throw the front. I have one, and I can tell okay. you that. Um, I'll borrow. I, no, I became a convert. I really did. Okay. I always thought, like, ah, it's not intimate, like holding a book. Yeah. But it is. It's, um, it, they've really come a long way, and it's pretty cool. You get on an airplane, and you have all your books. Excellent. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Well, we have a private library of 3,500 books at home, but uh, and a lot of them are not on Kindle because they were written in the 1840s. But, hey, who knows? <laughs> right. They're getting there. So check it out, folks. Again, you can get them at Staples. Uh, there's all sorts of price ranges, color black and white and everything else. And thank you, Jeff. Hey, you know, anything <laughs> you to do to help. Send your cut next week. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so, folks, again, Amazon Kindle. Thanks very much. Okay, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal on WOON, 1240 AM, and com on the Internet in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. Our guest today is Jeff Belanger of GhostVillage.com, a well-known figure in that community and on the Internet, a speaker, prolific author, and all-around uh, renaissance man of the paranormal. Okay. So, Jeff, when you were on last... We've had a great discussion so far, but now, now it's my okay. turn. <laughs> Do it. Go ahead. Okay. When you were on last time, again, what, three, four years ago, I called you on the idea that you have a part of your website, and most of which is very its very interesting, a lot of open-minded articles, and this particular one is, meant, is aimed at children and their parents. Right. And I was um, upset... And I'm still upset. Oh, good. That, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that you're encouraging children to get involved in the paranormal. I, I don't think you know what you're doing in that realm. And yeah, I think you said that last time. Yeah. I still disagree. Okay. Tell me where I'm wrong. No, I, here's the thing. Uh, children are going to be interested in the subject. I mean, this That's is, what you it, said we, last time. Yeah, we, okay. we could, do you want to talk about teaching safe sex in school? Because it seems to me it's almost like the... Uh, the nothing uh, like that. It's, children are going to be interested... They're going to see the shows, and when I was a kid, there were no resources. There were books by Hans Holzer and Brad Steiger and, right. and things like that. And and so uh, if they're going to be interested, I at least want them to have some kind of guidelines, and and that didn't exist uh, before a few years ago. And so I'm I'm still happy to to keep that up there, even though you disagree. Well, it just uh, guidelines from whom? 
I yeah. mean, a lot of pe- most of the people out there writing, the vast majority, I would say, don't know anything. I right. Mean, they're repeating 19th century baloney sure. as if it's real. When people go up into this and they immediately assume. I assumed right. when I started out in 71 that we were dealing with spirits and all the spiritualist claptrap that comes with it. And there are things that look like that, but the, one of the first things I learned was that nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. And I would meet messed up kids. I would meet messed up kids for whom a book like the one I had in eighth grade was a start, almost like getting started in drugs. And this, this, this is unusual, okay. All right, but sure. it does happen. So my, my main criticism, and let, let me just look. I took the liberty of printing out some, right. of, the, some of the stuff here from your, your parents' uh, site. There's a site that obviously attached to the children's site, which has sure. to do with advice for parents. Okay. I would say, for the kid, it's, it's a good picture because the kid looks terrified. All right. <laughs> Let me put it simply. You don't satisfy curiosity about volcanoes by going and jumping into a volcano. Right? No, that's true. But do you not get close to see one? <clears throat> it depends if you All have right. proper guidance. Okay. All right? Who was the guy that was in Hawaii? Was just around the. What if you live in Japan and you're near Mount Fuji? Well, then tough luck. All right. All right. Here, here's here's one of the things. Most hauntings are benign. This is from the, the advice to parents. Yeah. That's not true at all. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. You're a, no, you well, I've 42 years of experience. What the heck do I know, right? I, I disagree with you. Okay, why? Because of thousands of interviews I've done with people who what? have described... Who, who also you know, know nothing about what they're dealing with. These are witnesses. These are so not what? experts. You can be witness to something and have no idea what it is. This is your belief system creeping in, for certain. This is you How saying, do you know about my belief system? Because you've already said you went to seminary. We've oh, already spilled it. I also said that I don't believe anything that I learned from the people I, I was taught by. So do you think they're demons? No, no, don't, 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 Jeff. Well, no, I'm just. I love you. I love you, buddy. But you're jumping to conclusions. Well, then help me about what I. Well, I'm trying to. Then what's the okay. danger if, of of something of someone? The saying, danger is is experience. You know, okay. mainly because you know I, I can I can give you philosophy, I can give you physics and everything, but I can I can also give you experience because you have experience too. You can understand that. Sure. All right. And Ben, jump in here too because you have experience as well. You're, you're going we, off right now. I'll wait till you. Okay. No. All right. All right. Yeah. Wait till, wait till the volcano comes down. Go ahead. Yes. But uh, no. I listen to this man because one of the reasons I brought and it's ironic that I'm sitting here with my son whom I brought in. I'm I criticizing you for the, totally ironic. Okay. Yeah. It, it is. But I like to think that there were extenuating circumstances here. All right. But he knows kids have been really been messed up by this. Okay. M- my problem with this is that I've seen kids who watched one of the feral TV shows on ghost hunting or even sometimes UFOs. Sure. They get interested. The next step, Ouija board. Maybe seances with their friends. Right. There's nothing more stimulating for a kid than to me, especially a kid who may be ignored by his parents, part of a large family or whatever, not doing well in school. Right. Hey, I may be kind of a flop day to day. But there's this cosmic entity paying attention to me. Whoa. Okay. Especially if it starts to pat the ego. So do you believe Ouija boards are communicating with with something that's not... Well, we went over this with Dr. Nichols last night on CBS. He was was expressing the need for extreme caution. Okay. Uh, I have seen, I can say 65 to 70 percent of my cases over the 42 years I've been doing this have started with kids using Ouija boards. Right. Yeah, no, I, I used one as a kid. I, I remember. Well, I mean, so did I. And after I, I mentioned the uh, example last night. I was telling uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Nichols, I said, I used one. I was in, I think, where I was in sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade. My friend was sure. in sixth grade, neighbor. 
Got one for his birthday. And, you know, I've been after Milton Bradley for, for 40 years. Hasbro thing, now. You know, like they're going to listen uh, to me. Yeah, right? ha- yeah Hasbro runs yeah. Hasbro runs yeah. So anyway, uh, we asked the thing a number of questions, and we asked it when we were going to die. Right. It said he would die in 1985, and he did. Wow. He, he was drowned. This is in Connecticut. He was drowned here in Narragansett Bay. I suppose we should have been more, uh, you know, specific about the questions. Yeah. Uh, it gave me a few more years to crank along here as I am now. Well, but, good. But, um, I mean, just... Can you imagine a kid getting, you know, when's my when are my parents going to die? What's going to happen to this? And every day, right? N- no exaggeration. We were getting uh, inter- information or, or, or scared parents, kids, um, who have said that the Ouija board, you know, all this stuff's happening. How do we get the, the spirit back into the board? It was if that's where it comes from, right? You know, it's not it, Jumanji here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it does. It almost it almost reminds you of it sometimes. Mm. And it, it's kids who've gotten into trouble, it's told them to kill people and uh, take drugs. You know, I just, it, right. it just, I, I could go on for hours about the things I've run into with this. So I'm not just talking about Ouija boards and seances here. I'm talking about R- quick point on Ouija boards. Sure. In 1967, they outsold Monopoly. Yes, I, I'm aware. Yeah, if, if funny pe- that's almost the year we were using this. If people were to say, "Okay, you got something ghostly going on in your house," tell me something. Is there a monopoly in your house? There's a monopoly. Everyone would go, "Oh my God, there is a monopoly." However, yeah. this poor piece of cardboard and plastic <laughs> that's been uh, villainized by a lot of people, and I'm and I'm not taking a side here. I'm just making an observation because I don't use them. Uh, I I bring them along to. Paranormal investigations and ghost hunts because they freak people out. And it's very interesting to watch the reaction where people then tell their stories about their experience with the Ouija board. And are we communicating with something else? Are we communicating with our own subconscious? Anything is possible. Of course. And I agree with you there. And I also accept that these things can lead to other things. But if a kid's interested, they're going to find something. And, And if it's not a Ouija board... Maybe it's a seance. Maybe it's this or that. But the reality is you can go to Toys R Us right now, mm-hmm. and Hasbro has them stacked up there, and they're still a, a top-selling uh, game, you know, board yeah. game. Uh, and it's no game. I, I mean, you can say, that. you know, it's out there. It, it's it's the reality, but that's, that doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, well, you, know. I, well, you don't have to agree with it, but, but at the same time... Uh, the, re- the reality is that we live in a, in a spiritually diverse world. There's Muslims, there's Jews, Hindus, atheists, and there's spiritualists. Mm-hmm. And the Ouija board is a byproduct of the spiritualist movement. If not for the spiritualist movement in 1848, which probably would have died out if we didn't have a civil war and a whole lot of people dying untimely uh, exactly deaths. Right. That yeah. where people needed answers and their yeah. churches and synagogues weren't giving them to them, so they yeah. went to mediums. Quite true. Uh, and, and the Ouija board came along at a time when finally the literacy rate was starting to climb because Ouija mm-hmm. boards don't do you any good if you can't spell. Mm. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so in 1891, the Canard Novelty Company starts Ouija, which is a brand name. It's it's not a... It's, that's why we capitalize it. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's a trademark that now belongs to... Yeah. Uh, there are ta- talking boards, spirit boards, witch boards, mm. all those kinds of things. And so really what you have here is an artifact of Victorian seances uh, of the spiritualist movement that's still around today because that's a cultural influence, just as Roman Catholicism is a cultural influence, just as Judaism... Uh, Islam, Hindu, all of those things. So, yes, the reality, you may not think it's right or wrong, but it's part of us. The Ouija board is part of us. Well, let's get back to you encouraging kids to get involved. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to correct you on the Ouija board. Of course, that's what we're talking about. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's your interview. Um, On this business, I just am bothered by you thinking that most hauntings are benign. We don't know that. I mean, how, how do you determine whether one is benign or not? That's just by uh, observation from, and, and let me 
qualify, let me qualify that. Uh, since 1999, ghostvillage.com has published in the neighborhood of like 1,200 personal encounter stories, and I've read them all. Uh, and, and most of them, the description is not something that's caused harm or frightening. In addition to those 1,200 emails, uh, 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 1,200 things we've published, I've received thousands of emails, as I'm sure you have, telling me their stories. And I've interviewed over 1,000 people now for all my books. And in very rare circumstances do people describe a situation where they're, they're fearful, they feel they're in danger, uh, etc. It seems to be something that's just there, something that's just present with them. So it's, it's yeah. observation based on thousands of observations that I, that I make that point. I still stand by it. Okay. Well, everything you said, I can say so have I. Fine. Except yeah. for the website. Well, we're going to agree but, to disagree right. on that one. Yeah, okay. But it, it's a matter of... The, it, I can't get away from the idea that nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. We are not critical thinkers in this country. We're very bad at interdisciplinary thinking, as we were discussing before the show. Sure. We don't know how to see the big picture. We hear footsteps blum, you know, over our heads. We right. think, oh, gee, we put it together. Uncle Joe just died, and, and we put it all together. We assume, we assume, we assume. Sure, absolutely. And, we find, and let, let me ask you, th- those stories that people have sent you, how much follow-up? Has oh, been done. none. I, I, yeah. I, I freely uh, on the ones published. This is someone yeah, yeah. saying this is my story, and no, nobody could expect it. You, you've no, heard the follow. Of course not. Um, but there are others that that I've interviewed personally over mm-hmm. the years and and kept in touch with. And sometimes the things just end and go away. Sometimes yeah. people move. Sometimes you know. And and I admit sometimes people do seem quite troubled by what they're experiencing. Well, as you say, I mean, you just you don't know. Right. Uh, we've had plenty of positive. I, I had we had a cousin who lived in Florida. She was a hundred and forty years old before. Before she passed on or translated, as we say, right? Every day she took that Ouija board. She talked to all her friends and all you know, and, and she she just and, and matter of fact, when, when I um, when she read one of my books in which I referred to such people as schmucks, right. she said, "You were you talking about me?" Uh oh, huh. in trouble now. But in any case, um, I mean, there are people who you know, you stand in the middle of the highway and, and you know all of the steel's hurtling by you at high speed. Maybe you'll get hit. Maybe you won't. Sure. The trouble with, with and I know we're getting back into this again. No, go ahead. The trouble with, with the sledgehammer approaches like Ouija boards and seances is, is that you're you're not going out and meeting your neighbor. You're knocking down their, their front wall and you have no idea whether their husband's gonna come out with a shotgun or not. Well the thing is it's like the same type of people using like uh, uh, what's it called psychedelic drugs to like experience paranormal things when they really don't have to if they're disciplined enough. Well, exactly. Uh, let me say this too about the Ouija board, and, and, and it's kind of my last word on it. I don't uh, discriminate between the Ouija board, a K2 EMF meter, EVP, dowsing rods, uh, all of those things. People are invoking whatever is there to communicate via these methods. I think that we have to put them all on the same table. If you feel that's dangerous and can open a doorway, don't touch any of them. You're, that's very logical, and from a logical standpoint, I would agree with you. It's just that my experience shows differently somehow. Because the Ouija board's stigmatized. The Ouija board is stigmatized and for good reasons. And there's going to be and the seances too. It wasn't stigmatized until 1973 with William Peter Blatty. That's really where the, the line in the sand. He wrote a book called The Exorcist, which was made into an awesome horror movie. And from yeah, there, it got me thrown out of the seminary. <laughs> Well, see, that, 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 that's, the, that's the atmosphere in which th- right. that was taking place, because they, they were paranoid about that, and here I was doing this. If that hadn't happened, maybe it wouldn't have, wouldn't have occurred. But right. in any case, uh, to get back to the children, I just, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a reckless and dangerous assumption to assume that something is good and to assume that people know enough to decide that it's good. Most people don't know anything about it. One of the points I make, too, is that parents need to be parents. And I... Mm-hmm. 
as a dad, I look at everything as a learning opportunity as well. So if your kid feels your house is haunted, you need to have dialogue. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you need and to. don't think they're stupid. No, no. Yeah. Kids are way smarter you, than you us. You have, a lo- you have a long list here of uh, certain age groups and how to approach them. Right. Which, um, you know, I guess is, is okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't really have that, any... Pr- we had PhDs help with that part. Yeah, well, uh, some of the Just dumbest so people I know are PhDs, and you too. Uh, know plenty who... who oh, know, I, thought, yeah, I don't have a PhD. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no you know plenty no, no, of people too with PhDs yeah, yeah, yeah. who, you know, yeah. uh, you know, with all due respect. No, sure, yeah. sure. No, but, I, I get um, it. And... The, the thing is, we want our children to feel safe. That's that's so important. Abs- that, that's it. Maslow's hierarchy of needs yep. in psychology, right? If, yep. you do, if you don't feel that your physical body is safe, mm-hmm. everything else uh, is there's this pyramid, right? And at the bottom is, is safety and then food, water, shelter, right? Sure. And then happiness is up near the top. So if yep. you don't feel safe, you can't move up that, that, that pyramid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt like there was, there was no uh, resource... Uh, for for parents to have, where do they go? You know, wh- anything well, that's the problem. at least you, you gets you started. Cl- you mentioned clergy, doctor. I think that, that that's unfortunately not necessarily good advice. Okay, well, well we have a caller right now. Let's take a All break right. from a uh, duel of the idealists here. Uh, hello, you're on behind the paranormal. Hey, how are you, gentlemen? Uh, Hold on. Yeah, how's the audio there? Can, hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, that's better. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you have a question yeah. for uh, for Jeff? Yeah, actually, I want to stick up for Joe for a second. And, uh, you know, I think it's important that, now I might be misunderstanding what you're saying, Paul, but the idea of just, just telling children, oh, no, no, this isn't for you, stay away from that, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going to encourage children to do it on their own. Hey, okay, my parents don't understand me. Why don't I get my friends together and we'll do it by ourselves? We don't want our parents to know we're doing it. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely, I'm not saying don't deal with it, but it's a matter of how you deal with it. Yeah, I, I just, I think it's important that, you know, if you're going to get involved with it, you know, to have some parental guidance, and really, more than anything, people who are older than you, because, you know, with age comes wisdom. Nothing. <laughs> Supposedly. Nothing Supposedly, yeah. correct. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Jeff, what do you have to say? No, no, I, I, I get it. And one of the other things, too, that I've seen, um, uh, part of the inspiration for that, that website you're talking about for kids happened when I was in Gettysburg, and I saw a family of four, right out of like a, a Gap ad, you know, like <laughs> blonde, blue-eyed, you know, yeah. they stepped out of a Gap ad. And they're in their uh, triangular field at dusk, taking pictures, looking for ghosts. And the kids couldn't have been more, I mean, one was five, one was seven. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. It was almost this, this legend hunting mm-hmm. kind of thing. And Which we want to... Yeah, no, it's okay. fine. Whatever we right. get to is fine. But, but uh, and to me, I think that's a pretty cool thing for a family to do is to say this is a place that's sacred. I mean, it's Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and we know there's ghost stories around here. And it, like you said, kids are smart. If there are, why are there ghosts here? There are ghosts here because something horrible happened in 1863 in the span of three days, you know, in, in July of 1863. And, and, and that left a mark. And that mark... It, it's haunted because it should be haunted. It's haunted because we should remember what happened there. And, right. and so, and but, so, the pursuit of that, to me, mm-hmm. and I, and I stand by this, is that I think it's a pretty cool thing to do uh, for a family. If if my kid's interested in something like that, I'm, I'll be there with her uh, to make sure that you know she's oh, not right, tra- so. she's not trespassing. Yeah. She's not doing you know stupid things. Uh, and and I want to talk to her about it. It's an opportunity for a dialogue. Now there's also situations where families are living in haunted homes, homes where you know what do I tell my kids? What do I do? And there's nothing on the web. Well, they need a starting point. 
And, and like I said, please include doctors, psychologists, uh, ghost hunters if you must, your, your clergy, because you've you got to go from They're from not every trained, approach. Jeff. I understand, but, but they are trained in dealing with people who are going through emotional duress. Usually, clergy can help a little bit with counseling. Ten years in the counseling. seminary talking here. Just, I don't Then they kick them. you out. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's Bing, because of this. I get that one. That wasn't the role. well. All right, that's <laughs> a, that's a whole other story. Let's, uh-huh. Well, sir, I'm sorry to keep you hanging here. Does that uh, answer your question? Yeah. No, that's okay. I just just you know I was just listening to the whole conversation, which is very yeah. engrossing, very interesting. We need a two hour show. <laughs> it really, and I'll tell you, you know, I grew up in the early '70s in my formative years, and if you all remember, you know, that was a great time for you know the horror movie of the week. Sure. Oh you yeah. Know, yeah. Don't be we all love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, don't be don't be afraid of the dark. Uh, 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 Crowhaven Farm with Hope Lang. Uh, all these the, the occult was very very popular in the early seventies, and that got me and my next door neighbors who are my same age. We got very into it. You know, we had a big we had a big field next to our house and. Uh, the woods in the back, and it was just, it was a wonderful time for like kind of bringing that whole thing up, and Bermuda Triangle was very big, and it, oh, yeah. it seems, it does seem like that type of, uh, the, the field of this knowledge does seem to ebb and flow during the times, like, I'm sure both of you remember around when Reagan became popular as a president, you know, the whole New Age thing kind of went away for a while. Yeah, so yeah. Like kind of the, well, then, the economy got a little better, and and when that happens, people are less. Well, not yeah. you know, they seem more interested in the paranormal when things are bad and when there's war going on. You can plot it on a graph. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It, in times but, of turmoil, the paranormal. Spike. But th- thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Great. Yeah. Okay. Guys, have a good night. Thanks you too. So when I stand at Gettysburg, I like to think these are not the ghosts of anything. These are actually there. They're standing right next to us in a parallel reality, which is that time. This is going on, and th- that hits me right here. You are you're you far know? more evolved than I am. Let me admit that. And 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 to me, a ghost is this. It's the it's the past demanding to be remembered. It's a way to bond with living people in the present mm-hmm. because we tend to share these stories with someone we trust, and yep. it's a bonding experience. And it's a way to explore our own inevitable future because we're all going to die. And and so it's a it's kind no, of a, we're not. <laughs> Anyway, well, sorry. the physical body. Sorry, anyway, and, and no, and, and yeah. so and so to me, it's all those things. And as as your caller just said, you know, the paranormal is also influences culture. Culture influences us very much. It's so. all interconnected. It every sure single is. piece of it. Yeah. And and Gettysburg again. I, I to quote President Lincoln, right? I mean, who acknowledged in his Gettysburg address? He said, "We cannot hollow this ground." The brave men who who died here uh, did that far beyond our our, our reason, you know, our, right. our ability. Yeah. And it's so true. It's still true. All these years later. Uh, we can't hollow the ground because it's it's supposed to be haunted and haunting for that matter, and it's supposed to tug at us for, uh, from an eerie place, and that's good. We we were a nation at war with ourselves. Thousands of people died over what, you know? Well, let's hope that can be expanded to include the entire planet uh, and sure. all those one good and courageous and honorable people who have lived before. Of long. course, of course. And, what and in our time is before us. And the pursuit of the paranormal when you. It's it's a human thing. The paranormal doesn't exist without a living human mm-hmm. uh, nearby. You need a witness. You know, if the, right. if the tree falls in the woods, it, it doesn't matter if it makes a sound or not. There must be a person. Absolutely. What do we got there, Mr. Producer? Oh, we have about uh, a little less than nine. Oh, uh, we, got, we got time. Good. Okay. All yeah. Right. So we Good. have like seven and a half minutes. All right. Legend tripping. Let's yes. at least All right. do some. Okay. <laughs> 
the last go, go ahead please. Okay. no 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 I just so after years of doing this and I had the gear and the equipment and things like that and I figured you know I think a lot of times we're fooling ourselves you know the, the, the little meter lights up or whatever and, and to me that just wasn't enough uh, for the experience I need to see it and it, even if I don't see it I'm okay with that I want to walk where the legends walked because the reality is as soon as you hear about a haunt a UFO landing site a Bigfoot uh, you know sighting location whatever it is you hear a story and something compels you inside to want to go see it yeah it's not like a spiritual experience well but but i mean like you get a call saying hey uh, paul you know i I got this uh this weird thing going on and you're listening because you have years of experience and you know when someone's just rattling off like a checklist that they heard on a tv show and when someone's saying something where you go that sounds like they're not lying i'm i'm intrigued enough to go there and, and so there's lots of stories all over the place. Famous haunts, uh, like I said, the, the monster sightings, Loch Ness. These places draw us in because we want to become part of the story. Mm. We want to go to Loch Ness, and I don't care if you're the most diehard skeptic, you're going to look at the damn water, and yeah. you're going to wonder, well, what if, what if? What you if to go to Loch Ness since you were two. Yeah, I know. What, what if something pops out of the water, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that's the joy of the human experience. That's the amazing thing about these legends that bind us. Why are there... Uh, leprechauns in in Ireland and and uh, puckwudgies in in Cape Cod <laughs> Them again. and and yeah. and little people in in the Inuit tribes of Alaska. Mm-hmm. Why do these similar described creatures show up in cultures that didn't have contact with each other? Why do we still talk about them? Why do uh, haunted places lure us in? You know why all of these things and and it's a human thing and I think that's so cool. You know because. Every legend is changing. From the moment it happens, from the moment it's born, it's always changing and evolving. It's a, it's a long tail. As new people come yeah. in, and, and you may go somewhere and say, look, I checked it out. It's uh, the, the footsteps in the attic is a raccoon's nest up there. There mm-hmm. are footsteps. It's a raccoon, you know, explained <laughs> away. But it doesn't matter, because not everyone will believe you. Mm-hmm. People will hold on to the legend. Now, if it goes long enough without any kind of... Uh, paranormal influence and other experience the legend will just naturally go away it takes time um and now in the internet age and all that other stuff legends can be born and grow to maturity so much faster Mm. than they could even 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and so so to me legend tripping is just checking out these legends stepping into those stories talking to the people that have the experiences and accepting and and you must accept the fact that Maybe, just maybe, lightning will strike here again mm-hmm. while I'm standing here. And and sometimes, my God, it does, you know. Uh, it's rare, but it's amazing, and it's life-changing, and we talk about it. Outstanding. Very good. Okay, tell us about your website, uh, websites and your books. Yeah, what no, uh, well, ghostvillage.com is always pretty central to what I do. You can find out everything I have going on there. Yeah, and, a lot um, going on there. Yeah, and actually, if I could get in one shameless plug, we do have an Please. event um, this coming weekend in Pawtucket at the Slater Mill. And um, you can find that at legendtrips.com. Um, we've got an event there. It's cool. You know, it will feed you. We'll do hours of uh, investigation. Oh, we'll be there. <laughs> and um, and you know, the portion of the proceeds right. go to benefit. That's with our now. friend the Johnsons. Uh, oh, they'll be there. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, they'll yeah, be Keith there. Keith and Carl Johnson. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. that. Well, they're they outstanding. They know that place so well. So yeah, no, it's great to be with you. I, I actually appreciate your show because there's actually nothing more boring to me than when someone's just like. Tell us about how awesome it is to do oh, whatever yeah, you that, do. Yeah. I, I, we should disagree. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you. Oh no, we're definitely going to do this again. It's just, as I say, it's such a treat for us to have somebody in the studio. Yeah. Yes. But, we, uh, we may get spoiled with it. Okay. Very good. I never even got the fisticuffs. 
Yeah, okay. well, I sort of wondered if you shouldn't be over that mic then. Well, maybe Come next on. time. But no, it was a great pleasure to have your wonderful guest. Yeah, uh, thanks. Outstanding. Uh, it's wonderful that somebody can sort of carry things on in, in, a, in an articulate manner. Sometimes mm. um, it, is, it is quite refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> well, it thanks. is very good. Okay, well, let's um, do our final announcements here. Anyway, uh, many thanks to our producer, uh, Mr. Ben himself, who has been uh, working here at the ON. And we'll see you you. next Monday, April 23rd, here on WON 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com, when Ben and I will welcome prolific British author Patrick Harper to discuss The Secret Tradition of the Soul. And on our regular CBS edition on Sunday, April 22nd, in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, we'll be hosting the first of two panels uh, with people who have reported alien contacts. And that would be Tom Reed, Jesse Long, and Geraldine Sith. Stith. Stith, that's, that's correct, right. Okay. And I uh, certainly want to point out our own website, uh, BehindTheParanormal.com. You get almost 400, at this point, free podcasts. And we're very happy to do that. People some say a lot of places uh, you know, charge for their podcasts, and we don't do that. We consider this something of... Um, Things we're trying to just do stuff for people, and we don't charge that for that. You don't I'm either. I'm, so, yeah. Nope, I'm a fan of the podcast. You and, know, uh, yeah, and uh, so we have uh, almost 400 that are, that are free, and you get from uh, both CBS and here, and you're very welcome to uh, take advantage of them at any time. Also, you can find out about uh, previous guests, uh, upcoming guests, uh, some bios in there, photos, and find out all about what we're what we're working on. You can also apply. I rather subscribe to our new newly revamped newsletter, which comes uh, once a month. And I'll uh, tell you what we're up to, and we're going to hopefully have a big announcement coming up within the next few months about something we're working on. Mm. And Roy's um, involved in something interesting, so uh, the, the newsletter's full of that, too. So certainly, I uh, wanted to um, just, again, uh, Ben, did you have any final thoughts here? Or good, oh, or? don't forget about the, uh, the uh, Rendlesham... Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. The Rendlesham uh, 2012 conference is back yeah. on again. That's, of course, in Suffolk, England. Rendlesham uh, case 1980 being one of the most uh, remarkable UFO incidents involving the military, certainly in the history of UFO studies. And it was uh, on, it was off, now it's back on again. Amazing be, story. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. June 12, yeah, we did 16 hours of specials on that, so we're into that. Peter case. Robbins. And, Peter yeah, Robbins. Yeah, great guy. Guy. yeah absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So check that out, and whether you can get to England or not, we're going to be covering the thing. And uh, we ourselves uh, hopefully will be speaking in, in Suffolk at the same venue in September uh, as part of our town hall meetings in areas of, of, of paranormal flaps, uh, trying to get to the bottoms of what uh, people have, have experienced. And the first of those will be on May 5th, Saturday, in uh, Montpelier, Vermont, at the Kellogg Hubbard Library there. I bet you've spoken there. I have spoken there. <laughs> uh, there, you, there you go. There you go. Yeah. That library. <laughs> it's a small world, especially in New England. Especially in New England. Yeah, yes. So, yes, indeed. Yep. So uh, that uh, surrounding our case uh, known as the haunted policeman in that area, because it led to all sorts of other things. That we're going to be doing that. So, okay. So uh, we'll end with a quote here, as we always do. Uh, we leave you with this uh, quote from Winston Churchill, that heroic old bulldog. Quote: If you're going through hell, keep going. Unquote. Truly meaningful quote. So thanks for sailing with us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.